It's time for JT the Brick. Receiver from the University of Colorado, number 21, Cliff Branch. We kick off the summer of Cliff Branch. Tucker drops back to pass. Steps up. He looks. Over the middle. He's got it. Touchdown, Raiders! That's cut by Cliff Branch! The summer of Cliff. Cliff Branch. All summer long. JT the Brick. Prepare your phone call. I want Cliff content from you. Stabler play fake back to pass. Gets a big rush out. He'll cut the man. Stabler's throwing deep for Branch. He's got it to 20. What separated Cliff was he was amazing, meticulous route runner. As we count down to Cliff, the summer of Cliff on the flagship. And now, here's JT the Brick. Here we go, out of the gate, JT, at the Raider facility, the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, on a gorgeous day, the opening of training camp today, and we are in the building. Thrilled to be here today. Great to be here. So fired up. What an honor. It is to be in the Raiders' official radio and podcast studio. It's state-of-the-art. It just makes you feel right when you come in here today. was at Josh McDaniel's press conference today with a lot of our teammates here on Raider Nation Radio and members of the media from Steve Weish from NFL Network. There's a lot of people in the building right now. And that's fun for you out there in Raiderland because your calls can get into the building. I mean, we actually route them in the building. And you could be inside the Raider facility. That's the way I dream of all this. I think your phone call matters. I think your opinion matters as much as mine. It's a good day. Today feels like the first day. Right now, the first day, the vets were out there. The rookies were out there. Was able to sit through practice. It's hot out there, but a lot of fun. And saw a lot of old friends who I haven't seen in a couple of months. Not a couple of weeks. In a couple of months as everybody's back to work. We're brought to you by PTs. You know it's the best happy hour in town. 5 to 7, midnight to 2. Get off the road. Get out of the heat. Pull over. Give your car a break. There's a PTs on every corner in this town. Get a great lunch. Great happy hour. A cerveza. A cocktail. A cold drink. And all of the food specials they have. PTs. They fuel the monologue as we're about to kick off the show. It's kind of an open show today. So what I'm doing today is I have Eddie Pascal from inside the building here on the digital side. And also, upon further review, he's going to join us at 105. And then as soon as Vinny Bonsignor can get here, he's on the morning show now. He'll be on with us once a week. When the season gets rolling, uh, Vinny's going to pop in probably around 1230. So other than that, I'm wide open here. Some days we got three or four interviews. Other days we got one or two. Next week, as we continue the summer at Cliff Branch, we are loaded as we kick off Monday with Fred Bolitnikoff, Tuesday, Jim Plunkett. That's what I'm talking about as we count down to Canton, Ohio. Again, I talked to Steve Weish from NFL Network about the Raiders and Canton and what they're doing, and he's excited because he covers the Raiders for NFL Network on a global level. So he was pumped up. He's going to be out there too, and that's what's happening today. I want to begin because we have sound of Josh McDaniel's press conference, he's excited. You could tell he's excited. Today was his first day as the head coach during a practice in front of the media at about 7.45 in the morning. And I, this is year 24 for me at training camp, and I don't come to every day at training camp, but that's the earliest I've ever seen anybody at a press conference. <laughs> ever. I mean, I've seen coaches have morning press conferences, but he was ready to go at 7.30, 7.45 in the media was packed. It was absolutely packed and good questions. And he was really excited. You know, when you hear that story and you hear that phrase, a kid in a candy store or a teacher coming to school day one when they have all that energy, he's an energy guy. And we had an energy guy before him in John Gruden. 
Most coaches have high energy. You have to to be in this business. The hours are demanding. You always have to be upbeat. You turn the corner. There's someone who wants to talk to you. Someone's asking you a question. You have to be on all the time. And it looks like Josh McDaniels is. Had a great conversation with Dave Ziegler. Uh, Dave Ziegler and I talked for about four or five minutes on the sideline one-on-one. Vinny Bonsignor came over. I love what Dave Ziegler's doing. He was another guy. You could tell bouncing around in shorts and a hat on his first day at practice with the veterans and the media there. And he came up to all of us and he was really happy to see us. So that's where it is today. I saw your favorite Raiders out there. I thought saw a car spinning it. Stidham throws an unbelievable ball. Uh, when you take a look at Devontae Adams, I sent out a video, a quick video at JT the Brick. He ran a out route right in front of me. And it's clear to see how big he is. He's just big. And the 50-50 balls that Aaron Rodgers gave him so far in his career, Derek's got to get him some 50-50 balls. Derek doesn't like to throw a lot of balls up for grabs. He likes to throw balls with a purpose. But this is his roommate in college and a guy that he's got great chemistry with. You just got to trust that Devontae's going to get it. He's big. He's really big. Waller and Devontae next to each other, holy cow. I mean, when if you... I was saying today on the sideline, if you end up putting out Waller wide, say he starts off wide on the right and Devontae's wide on the left, the safeties are going to sit there and go, what, what is going on? Because both these guys can run like the wind and they're big and they can go up and get everything. And Hunter Renfro on the inside of the slot and the rest of the wide receiver depth. Good to see Josh Jacobs with a big smile. Happy to be here. He knows what's going on. He's got he's to play great this year. He's in a contract year and all that. So I'll get to Coach's press conference here in a minute. But I want to begin with the breaking news today, and we knew it was going to happen. Kyler Murray has agreed to a $230.5 million deal. He now instantly becomes one of the top richest quarterbacks in NFL history, and I believe he deserves it. Kyler Murray is a special player. He can make every throw. He's fast. He's young, he's super athletic, and he got a five-year extension worth $230.5 million. Adam Schefter broke the story. The deal runs through 2028, and $160 million is in guaranteed money. Now, remember, Deshaun Watson got $230 million guaranteed. I think Kyler Murray will probably cash every check and get over, you know, get to that $230 million mark. But what they'll do with Kyler Murray is over the length of this contract, they'll redo it. They'll give him more signing bonus money. They'll, they'll figure it out, and it'll probably be cap-friendly for him going forward. But here's Arizona. They got a quarterback who's really good, and they locked him up. And Kyler Murray was not happy at times in the offseason. He wanted this deal to get done, and the deal is done. So really the big name that's left is Lamar Jackson. And I think Lamar Jackson should get more money than Kyler Murray, right? Because he's already won an MVP. He's been to the playoffs He has the opportunity to do this. Murray went to the playoffs too. The teams now have to lock up their quarterbacks long-term. The Raiders locked up Derek Carr long-term with some fresh new money and a contract that is friendly to Derek and friendly to the team. We talked about that, but the average annual salary for Murray's deal is $46.1 million, which is second only behind Aaron Rodgers, who's going to make $50.3 million. Now, as I mentioned, Deshaun Watson's deal with Cleveland has an annual value of $46 million. And Patrick Mahomes' deal, you would think Patrick Mahomes is the highest-paid quarterback. He's not. His is at $45 million. 
So Kyler Murray, his average deal per year makes more than Patrick Mahomes. I think Patrick Mahomes is real happy with his contract. So they finalized that deal, and they're, they're pretty much done. Murray's 24. He's been under contract through the 2023 season, but they had to get this deal done. They had to get this deal done on the fifth-year option of his rookie deal. In April, he won a Heisman Trophy. So did Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield only has eighteen, what, $18 million guaranteed and took a pay cut. It might be less than that. How'd you like to be Baker Mayfield, who was the number one pick overall, like Kyler Murray, won the Heisman at the same school, Oklahoma, and he's got about 18, less than $18 million in guarantees in a walkaway year, and his buddy, his brother, Kyler Murray's got all that money. This is incredible. It, it, can, it can happen that quickly. You can go from being the rookie, the number one pick, getting that money, and then four or five years later, you're playing for your life. This is the second contract for Kyler Murray, and it is a monster. And there was zero chance that they were going to trade him. So he was drafted overall a number one in 2019, and he's established himself as one of the top young quarterbacks in the past three seasons. Now, why am I leading with that today in the Raider facility? A, this is the first quarterback you're going to see this year live at Allegiant Stadium. This is the quarterback who's going to play in the home opener for the Raiders. And he's damn good. Okay? He is really good. And he can blow up a game plan in a second. So the Raiders are going to open up against Justin Herbert and Kyle, uh, Kyle Murray. And when you look at what Murray's getting paid now, second all time, and what Justin Herbert's going to get when his deal is up, I mean, this is what we're going to see here at Allegiant Stadium. You're going to see this at Allegiant Stadium. And as you recall, last year the Raiders lost to Justin Fields and Taylor Heineke. Remember those games? And they lost also to Danny Dimes of the Giants, Daniel Jones. Those, those are three games they lost to inferior quarterbacks. I'm talking inferior because they just started or they were journeymen. Now the Raiders are going to open up against Herbert and Kyler Murray. The money and the money they're going to get long term Two of the top three young quarterbacks, young, I'm talking super young quarterbacks in all of football. So get ready, Raiders, because Kyler Murray's coming, and the Raiders are going to have to be exceptional in that game in keeping him in the pocket. You want to make him a pocket passer. You don't want him to use his legs and get outside the pocket there. So that's the big breaking news story. Nothing new on Deshaun Watson. I wouldn't be surprised if it happens tomorrow, if Deshaun Watson tomorrow is either suspended Eight games or a year, I've said it should be a year, but we're not going to know. And if they do it tomorrow, it's probably the perfect time. Do it as a news dump on a Friday as we're able to move on there. I want your opinion today. i got to give you a couple of topics and wake you up as we're still in the dead zone of radio. I did a show last night, and you know I grinded the hell out of it so much that Dave Ziegler came up to me and listened to the show on satellite radio. And he started laughing. He goes, you got through the dead zone last night. I go, yeah, I tried. And I said to Dave, the GM of this team, we don't have to worry about that here because it's Raider season and we're live from training camp. And he started to laugh about that. But I want to know what Raider Nation thinks of Kyler Murray. I really want to do. I want to know what you think of Kyler Murray because he's on the schedule this year. And he plays in our region now where I've always said that the Raiders have a hub in the Southwest. Vegas is in the Southwest, but so is Phoenix, Glendale, Scottsdale. Arizona borders up to Vegas. So this is kind of our backyard. It really is, even though they're in a different conference. 
Kyler Murray and Derek Carr, as the crow flies, are really close to one another, just like Justin Herbert and Matthew Stafford are in Los Angeles. So Kyler Murray gets this deal today. Do you think he's overrated? What do you think the Raiders need to do to beat him for the home opener? It is a Kyler Murray type of day, as he's the biggest story in the NFL. And it's a good story, because the kid's a hell of a kid. He could have played baseball for the Oakland A's. He could have been playing here in Vegas all the time in the minor leagues over at the Las Vegas ballpark, and he decided to go to the NFL for this type of deal. This type of deal is the reason why he went to the NFL and didn't go to baseball. It could take you two to three years to get to the big leagues. Kyler Murray could make some money, but he would have been salary arbitrational eligible in six or seven years, and you make a lot more money playing quarterback. You make a ton of money playing quarterback. So that's the monologue as we get to Josh McDaniel's sound as he met the media earlier today. Man, and I tell you, it was packed in that media center. I mean, every seat was taken because this is the first time he spoke to the team at training camp with all the players here ready to kick off practice. You could tell he was really excited about the opportunity to get camp going. You know, you kind of, we've talked about this a lot. You know, you, you start training camp about four or five different times as a coach. You know, when you come back, then when the early reports get there, then when the vets get here, it feels like there's like a new start uh, a few different times. And then obviously today will be our first actual day of practice. Um, and then there's the, the beginning where we actually get to get into pads, you know. So there's four or five different times where you feel like you're starting. But uh, it's a, you know, it's always a great feeling to get in there with the, with the you know, the team, the entire team and you can see how excited they are, um, you know, and eager to get to work, eager to start becoming whatever it is we're going to be able to become this year. And uh, the coaching staff's been eager to, you know, get out there on the grass and start coaching. So um, it's the thing we love to do the most in our profession, and um, certainly there's a lot of anticipation and excitement today. You know, what I took away from that, which is interesting, just like John Gruden before, and Josh McDaniels comes through that Belichick tree in New England. Is They want these guys in pads. You know, pads is everything. You know, practice today, they were quick. They were fast out there. They broke down. I watched a really good special teams segment there in the beginning of practice. You know, everybody's out there with their helmet on and shorts, out there running and playing hard. But it's not like pads, and he mentioned that already. So I think the first day of pads for this team next week, it's going to be an important one because that's what Josh McDaniels wants to do. He wants to coach these guys in pads and see the physicality of this team. Vinny Bonsignor, who's going to join us here in about 15 minutes, asked uh, these first couple of questions, including some of the injuries and the players on the pup list. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, again, we try to avoid the time frame and predicting all that because there's such a difference between one player's body and another. But um, I know all those guys are working really hard, extremely hard, doing everything they can to get back to, out there on the field as soon as possible. And, um, you know, if you if you start training camp with 90 guys out there on the field, you're lucky, you know. So, um, you know, whatever number it is, 86, 87 that we're going to have out there, I think that's, you know, we're doing pretty good. And like I said, the guys that, that aren't out there, uh, they'll be doing everything they can to get out there as soon as possible. You know, Vinny is going to come on and talk about this. Vinny's kind of the voice of reason because we know that the guys who are out on the pup list are coming back and hopefully pretty soon. Trayvon Mullen, Jonathan Hankins, and Bilal Nichols. So there's no need to panic. Now, if one of these guys had an Achilles or if one of these guys had a knee reconstruction, then we know they'd be out and we wouldn't be seeing him. We might, we might not be seeing the player. 
But all of these players should be trending to be available, and when they get cleared, they'll be ready to go. I think all Raider fans believe and know this too. You just don't want in camp six, seven, nine players out. You don't want injuries. And at this time, the team looks really healthy, in shape. The attendance was incredible. And that's a big part of why the Raiders are in Vegas with this facility here and the guys buying houses for cheaper prices than Los Angeles, New York, Miami, wherever it is. You know, these guys are here year-round, and they're using this great facility to get to work in, and they're in pretty good shape. Josh McDaniels, head coach of the Raiders, is going to hear a lot about expectations in the preseason, the regular season, and he got it today. I think the only expectation we have is that we're going to go out there and work extremely hard to try to be the best team we can be each day and improve. You know, and at this point in time, during the course of this season, you know, we're in we're in a you know complete foundational building type phase. You know, we're not worried about you know thinking about opponents and games and strategies and those kind of things. This is about fundamentals and techniques and conditioning and communication and learning each other and knowing how to work with different groups of your teammates. And there's so many things we have to do between now and when we're going to play, you know, even play the first preseason game, you know. And so um, our expectation is we're going to have a great day today. I mean, that's really as simple as we can make it. Um, That's my expectation as a coach. And I think the team uh, has done a great job of, of adopting that mindset because it's the only thing we can control. Now, I got a lot more sound to play, but you know the rule on this show. If you call and I see you on hold, I'm going to get to you. I value your time, especially noontime out west, lunchtime. And if you're back east commuting at 3 o'clock, we got Raider fans listening all over the country, and we greatly appreciate that. Joel and Monterey, you're up first inside the facility, the first day of training camp. How are you, Joel? Go ahead. JT, what an honor, brother. What an honor to be first up after the monologue. Um, Raider Jay calling from Monterey, and what a beautiful day it is, bro. Hey, JT, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. I know that there's a lot of people listening, a lot of people that have a lot to say about the nation and everything you've been talking about for days. But first, I want to say thank you for your passion, JT. I so appreciate what you bring to the nation. Your commitment over the last 20-plus years, the juice that you're bringing every day, whether the callers are calling or not, I was listening to you yesterday, and I could hear the passion in your voice. Listen, I'm not a bootlicker, brother. I just want to give credit where credit is due, and I appreciate what you bring. Um, What an exciting time. What an exciting time to be a Raiders fan, bro. Everything about the nation right now is just crazy exciting. And and sorry, I'm going to pop around a little bit because I wanted to get back and say I'm a dad whose daughter is leaving this next year to go play beach volleyball for a, a top 20 D1 team at Bakersfield, uh, UC Bakersfield here in California. And I don't know how I'm going to deal with it. I appreciate you on a father level. This, the nation is so much about family. Mm-hmm. It's the summer of cliff. And if that ain't the theme, if it ain't about family, um, again, sorry for bouncing around, but I'm no, excited not about ownership. I'm excited. I mean, everything about the nation, bro, from Mr. Davis, Mr. Mark Davis, Nation, stand up and recognize what this man has done. I mean, he takes so much heat. If you don't know this man, you're not qualified to talk about this man. Unless you're going to say, nice job, Mr. Davis, or I wish you'd do that, Mr. Davis. Just reserve your opinion uh, uh, and your criticisms of who this man is and what he's done for all of us. Living in his father's shadow. Congratulations, Mr. Davis, and thank you. Thank you. 
So moving right along to the cadre that's leading this team, Ziegler, you know, and and Coach. How excited is he? We're just going to go have a kick-ass day today, man. That's what we're doing. Let's not overcomplicate it. I mean, let's talk about how excited, how excited can you be? Let's talk about our stars from the coaching cadre to, to our, our roster makeup to our position battles, JT. Everything about the nation. I really don't have, any, I have nothing to say about Kyler Murray. He's exciting. He's mm-hmm. electric. We're going to play it. him. 55 and Patrick Graham are going to have this team ready for Kyler. We're going to have something for him. And if, if you know, he happens to get landed on by one of our big rookies on the D-line. Listen, let's talk about our, our, our underrated draft. How exciting is this? Those big boys, those big D-tackles that we brought in. My um, brother, you are, you, you are super excited. i got to cut you off. You're going long. Hey, thank you, you can't, for having no, me in. Thank, thank you. Thank you. That's why we put you up, man. That's why. I, I'm not going to go through every position group today. I love your energy. I love your passion, and thanks for the compliment. It's a high honor for me to be in this building, especially on a day like today. To open up training camp, Vinny Bonsignor is going to join us in a little bit. Yeah, and Chandler Jones going up against Kyler Murray is going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be incredible to see because Chandler Jones is the type of guy who get five sacks in a game. He, he's a streaky guy. Two and a half, three sacks in a game, five against Tennessee. Wouldn't it be great? If he caused havoc in that first game against his former team, it's the first game Chandler Jones is ever going to play, regular season game at Allegiant Stadium. It's against his former team for the coach he used to play with for the Patriots. There's going to be a lot going on with him as I host that pregame show. Nick in Long Island. Nick, good to talk to you again. How's your summer going? Good, JT. How about you? Real good, thanks. I've been uh, actually meaning to make this call for a while. I was waiting for the right time. I know it kind of like you said it's a dead season and summer of cliff branch and everything but like that but one thing i wanted to talk about because I, I don't think people really i'm not sure if they don't remember or realize but richard seymour is going into the hall of fame i just want to point out for a minute what a great raider he was because i think it's really not getting enough recognition as it does i understand he's a patriot he's getting in based on what he did with the patriots but richard seymour gets traded to the raiders about a couple days before the season started 2009 Everyone's laughing about it. Oh, he's not coming. Nobody. He shows up the first game. He gets two sacks. I'm not going to get into the whole thing, but long story short, we were, we were pretty bad for a little stretch there from 2003 to 2009. It was, it was really bad, like picking the top five every year. He comes along. He's the catalyst now, and there's 2010, 2011. Those are like two forgotten years for the Raiders because they didn't make the playoffs, but they went 8-8 eight eight both of those years. One year they swept the entire division. 2011, week 17, they should have won. They lost that horrible game to the Lions, but they're playing for a division title that year. And Richard Seymour was a big reason why. He was he was the guy who came in here, and he turned his team around. And I know Tom Cable, it was the reason why he got fired, because he said, we're not losers anymore. But he was right. And, I mean, 8-8, eight eight, it's nothing to celebrate, but at that time it was. And, and Richard Seymour embraced being a Raider when he got here. I think he still embraces being a Raider to this day. And I hope people recognize that. As he goes nice. in, I know it's all about Cliff Branch, and Cliff Branch should have been in 20 years ago, but I hope people realize and remember what a great Raider Richard Seymour was. Yeah, thank you. That's an excellent phone call. Richard Seymour, and I look at Justin Tuck. Justin Tuck was a great player, and the, one of the best I've ever seen in my entire life was Warren Sapp, and Warren Sapp played hard for the Raiders. You, I, I don't like everything Warren's done in his life, his personal transgressions, some of the things he said. But Warren played his ass off here, and he was a, you know, a, he's a Hall of Famer. Randy Moss played here. He didn't play. He quit on the Raiders. Warren Sapp didn't. 
Justin Tuck didn't, and you're right about Seymour. Everybody knows he's going in as a Patriot. He's a legendary Patriot, but he really cared about the Raiders, and Mark Davis cares about him a lot. All the signage as you come into the building today, it's Cliff Branch and Richard Seymour. It's once a Raider, always a Raider. This organization means it. Others don't. Others don't. They just say it. This organization takes out full-page ads, congratulates everybody. Richard Seymour played hard for the Raiders. He's a Raider, but he's going in as a Patriot. Rightfully so. He doesn't go to the Hall of Fame as a Raider. He goes in because of the great teams he played on in New England, but he gave his heart and soul to this team. Good, good start to the show. Really excited as we're brought to you by Remy Martin. Remy Martin, team up for excellence. They have the botanist gin. I'm going to see the Remy team tonight. Those are going out tonight for dinner after the show, and they're going to tell me about all their new promotions in town here, where you can get their product, what they do. We appreciate our proud partner, Remy Martin, as they have their own room at the Raiders Tavern and Grill in the back. Reserve it. Go back there and have a great time. I was just over there today. I had a meeting there at the Raiders Tavern before it opened. Kind of cool sitting in there with, with an empty, sun beating in, M Resort Spa and Casino. Vinny Bonsignor is in the building. He will join us next, the Raider Insider, as we continue from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Sales lined up in the backfield. It's a new rule. Complete the France and what a move. Catch him. Goodbye. There are no flags down. Is that wild? That happened fast. 319 still left in the game. He can really motor. How great is that? Frank Gifford, Howard Cosell, and Dandy Don Meredith. On a Cliff Branch play. Summer of Cliff continues. Vinny Bonsignor here in a moment. Uh, we're taking your calls at 702-365-9200. Exciting to be in the building today for a lot of reasons. To see new faces, new coaches I've never met before. It's going to take a while to get to know everybody here, but it's going to be worth the wait. Looking forward to a new run for the Raiders. Hopefully a big season right in front of us. Allen in Vegas, thanks for holding. Appreciate you. You're on the flagship of the Raiders. Go ahead. Hey, what up, JT? Uh, yeah. Picking up on that Seymour conversation, you're right. He doesn't get a lot of love because he was a Patriot. But when the Raiders played the Steelers that one game and he punched a big band in the mouth, uh, that won me over. Once a Raider, always a Raider. Um, but today I also want to give, I, you know, I hate saying condolences or thoughts because people always live on. But shout out to Godfather Grizz, Grizz Jones. Mm-hmm. And that guy showed me a lot of love. I, I I only met him once, and I remember introducing myself. I'm Alan. He said his name was Grizz. He, he passed me a beer, and all I heard were stories after that. Hey, that, that's Grizz. You know who he is, right? I go, no. So they explained all these stories to me about him, and he had a, a lot of love for Oakland, and I hope that everybody can just uh, carry on his, mm-hmm. his legacy and his wishes. Yes, and that's nicely said, and the Raiders put out something, too. Rest in peace. Appreciate that. Nicely said. Uh, 702-365-9200. From Oakland to Los Angeles to Las Vegas to all Raider Nation. Whenever Raider Nation loses a player, an executive, an alumni, 
or a member or a fan, that is a big deal. So rest in peace to Grizz and everybody who hung out with him in the 66 over the years in Oakland there and were passionate about the Oakland Raiders and are very passionate as they left Oakland coming to Las Vegas. Nicely said. You know, a couple other quick things I want to mention before we get Vinny in here in a moment. Vinny's wrapping up another interview in the other studio. Is Josh McDaniels now, he's the head coach. And when he was with Bell Belichick, I don't recall how much he spoke because I was on the radio in Boston most of my career. And we were always, you know, covering the Patriots on WEEI. And I thought he handled himself great today. You could tell that he was really excited to be there in front of the media. Vinny Bonsignor is here as he joins me in studio. He asked the first few questions today. Good to see you in the studio. How are you? You too. It's nice to be in the studio outside the heat, right? Yes. And uh, you had the first couple of questions, as you always do. And it was important that you asked him about his feelings and what he thinks about at the start here. I thought it was interesting as he talked about multiple starts, some in pads later on. What was the significance of today? What do you think today meant to him? You know, um, for him, I think it's, you know, this is, he's in charge. This is his team. And it's been a long time coming uh, since everything that happened with the Denver Broncos. Uh, And we all understand that and we get that. Uh, I feel like based on things that he's said about that experience, he understands where the problems were. He understands the errors that he made uh, in leading to the demise that happened uh, with the New England Patriots. And it feels like especially in his words, that he's determined not to let that happen again. And talking to players um, who, who feel like he's putting human ahead of football, football will come and football yeah. will, will work out. Uh, but, but, you know, making that human connection, talking to players that, that have felt that from him, it feels like it's not just words, it's actions. So he's put those actions in, developed relationships with these players with the feeling that the football side of it will take care of itself. Uh, and that's what we're starting now, is the football part of it. Obviously, OTAs and minicamp, uh, that unfolded as well. But um, for him, getting a fresh start here with the Raiders, a team that he believes in, an organization he believes in, um, and it just feels like he's comfortable now. He feels like he understands the role. He understands himself. He's comfortable being himself. And I think that's going to make a big difference in the second go-around as a head coach. Vinny Monsignor joins us. You know, What's the takeaway with this early press conference you asked, and a couple of people asked about the heat mm-hmm. and the ability to kind of mix and match that. You asked about the dry heat. That's no humidity. He got a kick out of that. But I wonder what's going to be different compared to your years of covering Coach Gruden and before that the Rams and being around this league when you're in the media and you're wondering, okay, he wants to have a press conference at 745. That room was packed downstairs. It was. And, um, you know, in years past here in Las Vegas, we would have already been on the practice field at that point. Um, So they are starting practice a little bit later, and that comes with some issues. It gets hotter. Um, You know, so so whereas last year's team and two years ago, they started practice around 7.15 7.15 a.m. to beat the heat uh, before the real heat starts start hitting you, um, they're going to they're, they're playing a little bit differently. And, you know, there's reasons for that, because if you talk to John Gruden and the, and the previous staff, there's challenges when you start practice at 7.15, because it's not sure. like high school football where, all right, just show up to the practice field, get ready, let's go out and practice. There's meetings, there's all sorts of things that happen before they actually hit the field. And so when you're starting, at, uh, when you're talking about a 7.15 start to practice, you're really starting or talking about a 5 a.m., yeah. even earlier start totally. to your day and to the work day. So I feel like they feel like they could get better work in by starting it a little bit later. Uh, and as Josh McDaniel said, there will come a time and there will be certain days where it's just too hot, even at 9 o'clock in the morning, 9.30 in the morning, which is what they're running into. 
And if it gets to that point, they've go, always got the indoor facility that they could do, go to. Now, fans will sometimes ask, why don't they just do that all the time? It's Las Vegas. Why are you practicing outside at all during the summer? Well, there's grass outside mm-hmm. and there's turf inside. And when you start talking about working on turf day after day after day, now you're talking about knees, joints, feet, all that type of stuff. And if you ask a player, they're going to they're gonna trade the heat uh, or, or, or accept the heat um, to trade off for not putting their body through that wear and tear uh, that, that you do during the turf, on, the, on that turf. But there will be certain days where they're like, let's just go indoors because it's that we'll, we'll take that as opposed to the heat that we're dealing with. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest. Uh, Vegas Nation, obviously Raider Nation Radio, everything he does from the RJ. He's got the cover story today. NFL veterans already noticing everything is done with purpose. Let's talk about that in your column and the purpose. You would think that every NFL player, especially pro bowlers and veterans, have a purpose every day, but there's undrafted free agents here. There's rookies here. What have you noticed about the hierarchy of the vets talking with the young players and trying to get them in line early. Well, we saw a glimpse of that today. Um, I don't know if you picked up on this, but early in practice, there was a uh, a, a, a snap exchange between uh, Derek Carr and rookie center Dylan Parham that fell on the ground for a fumble. Now, normally in the NFL, especially the first day at training camp where right for error, center quarterback uh, snap exchange can get a little sloppy this time of year. Normally it gets swept under the rug. You move on to the next play, no harm done. If you notice, Derek Carr and Dylan Parham took a long lap together <laughs> around this vast practice yeah, field that they guy. have here. They weren't the only ones. There was a, at least three other times where the quarterback and center fumbled a snap and they ran a lap. Uh, you, on the surface, not the biggest thing, but at the same time, you don't really see that too much in the NFL where players and coaches are holding themselves accountable to that extent for something so small as just a fumbled mm-hmm. center exchange, uh, center quarterback exchange at this time of year. And it, and talking to the players about it afterward, you know, this team feels like they're a pretty good team, right? And it's no longer a, a, a talent issue when they go play teams. I don't even care if it's the upper echelon of the NFL. This, this team feels good about itself from a talent perspective. So what are wins going to come down to or losses? Efficiency. Attention to details, focus. You know, when you're in the red zone, you can't be the 29th ranked team in the red zone like they were last year. You can't be the last ranked team defensively. Let me stop you for a second. Why were they so lowly ranked in the red zone? I know Waller was injured, but with Renfro, you remember the highlights and you remember what they were doing, Josh Jacobs and the great Derek Carr. What was that takeaway and carried into what you were saying about how that can improve? It's always a combination of things. But one thing that uh, they, can, they can really work on is efficiency, not having silly penalties. How many times did we see somebody like an Alex Leatherwood jump oh, off sides, yep. right? Or a holding call. Or um, somebody not running the right route. Somebody not getting the right read uh, from Derek Carr. Somebody not lining up correctly. So efficiency, attention to details, focus. That's why uh, during minicamp we saw um, Alex Leatherwood jumped off sides. On a, it was during a red zone drill. Guess what? The entire offense ran a lap. <laughs> and... It's kind of like high school when you go when you think about it, but it's the NFL. It's an NFL team holding themselves accountable because while nobody wants to run in this heat, and it is a long run, but it's going to seem like a walk in a park compared to the game it might cost down the road if that error happens in an actual game. So rather than sweeping it under the rug right now, this is what, when we're talking about the leadership and the accountability, which I feel is different right now than it was in years past, um, paying a price now 
and trying to mitigate it out of the equation now so that it doesn't hurt you during a game because errors did hurt the Raiders, whether it was red zone offense, third down efficiency, uh, red zone defense. Um, there were on those small margins or outer margins where football games are often won or lost, especially when the talent is equivalent. Uh, that's what costs the Raiders over and over again. And uh, they feel like they're a good team and they don't want those small little errors that seem like small errors be something that sabotages them or holds them back uh, or impedes them from their objectives. So to me, it's a positive sign um, that they're that they're holding themselves accountable right now, even for things that are understandable and almost inevitable this time of year. There's There are going to be errors, but they're making a determined effort to say, Okay, yeah, sure, it does happen, but there's still a price that's going to be paid for it right now. And let's hope that uh, by doing that, by holding themselves accountable in that regard now, um, they're going to avoid those types of mistakes when it really counts. Wrapping it up with Vinny Bonsignor. So a couple of national topics. I'm going to talk Jimmy Garoppolo on Raiders Radio because the Raiders play the Niners Mm -hmm. this year. We got a lot of listeners in the Bay Area. I have a guest tomorrow on this topic. This is a big deal because Kyler Murray's deal, $230 million, $160 million guaranteed. I was shocked that no one wanted to dive into Baker Mayfield at $18 million. It turned out to be less when he took a little bit off the top to make the deal. And I know that Lamar Jackson's going to start at this number of Kyler Murray and deserves more. But then there's Garoppolo, and his winning percentage is big. And a lot of that has to do when he stepped in for Brady initially. What do you think happens here in the same division with the world champion Rams as Lance is going to play? And I'm telling you, I don't know what he can do because of the level of competition he played at in college and the fact that they didn't give him as many reps as I thought last year. How do you see that playing out? Yeah, and if you want to circle it back to the Raiders, they play the 49ers. Guess who else they play? The Seattle uh, Seahawks in Seattle. Who's their quarterback right now? What are you expecting to get from that quarterback? Uh, And when you talk about, from from the Raiders' perspective, um, how difficult the AFC West is going to be where there are – quarterbacks, it's just everywhere you look, there's great quarterbacks uh, in the AFC West. And, and you, you understand that that's going to be a dogfight and a slugfest, and there's going to be some cannibalism going on in the AFC West. So you start looking outside the division to try to find the necessary wins to yeah. go make the playoffs. And, and yeah, playing in Seattle's tough, playing in New Orleans tough, uh, playing in Pittsburgh's tough. But then you start looking, okay, well, who is the Seahawks quarterback? Do you believe in Trey Lance with the San Francisco 49ers who come here, what, New Year's Day uh, yeah. to play the, play the Raiders? Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who, who's their quarterback right now? Uh, is Matt Ryan going to still have something left in the tank with the Colts? Are you a believer in Jameis Winston down in New Orleans? So what, what are always daunting tasks to go play in places that are usually very difficult to play in, but there's no Ben Roethlisberger. There's no Drew Brees. There's no Russell Wilson up in Seattle. Great point. There's no Jimmy Garoppolo, and Great say what point. you want about Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, but he won. When he was on the field, the 49ers win. That's To me, they're taking a little bit of a risk. I, I'm a little bit more bullish on Jimmy G than maybe others are because I just look at the record. You know, Granted, there was issues sometimes staying healthy. Uh, uh, and that was problematic for the 49ers, and maybe that's why they want to go with somebody younger, maybe a little bit more durable, but there's still uncertainty there. But you know what's interesting? As we're wrapping it up with Vinny. You made a great point. He played on great teams. When yeah. you get drafted in the NBA, if you're Zion and you go to New Orleans, right, or you get drafted by a bad team, oh, my God, it could be three years of losing. Jimmy Garoppolo played for the Patriots and the 49ers. Winning percentage goes through the roof. The organizations run differently than some of these bad ones. And then you start looking at the winning percentage in the games he got him in. Yeah, and think of it this way. 
The 49ers were literally an interception that wasn't held onto by their yeah. safety from being in their second Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, you look at the 49ers record when he's not in the, in the lineup, it's terrible. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, uh, Trey Lance can't be the equivalent or even better than Jimmy G. But all I do know is whoever they've had at quarterback to replace Jimmy G when he's been hurt, haven't been able to get the job done. They 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 lo- they they lose a lot of games when Jimmy G's not on the roster or not on the field. So there is uncertainty there. And if I'm a team, if I'm Seattle, I'm looking into Jimmy uh, Garoppolo right now. Like if I was Charlotte or uh, Carolina, that's the quarterback that I would have liked to have seen uh, with the Panthers because I feel like he wins games. Now you're taking a chance on Baker Mayfield. You took a chance last year on Sam Darnold. That didn't work out. How about go get the guy that? You know, might be limited in terms of the upside and all those things that we talk about. But gosh darn it, when he's out there, he helps teams win football games. Last one, Vinny, the AFC West and how this is going to play out here. All the talk all year is going to be about the Raiders either being second in the division. I don't know a lot of people saying they're going to win the division outright because of the strength of schedule, mm-hmm. the transition to a new coach. But I believe they can come in second and, and compete for first. But a lot of people are picking fourth and I because they want to put their name on it in the preseason. Right. A lot of people have to. That's what the media does. They have to sure. put lists together and do all that. We're going to hear a lot of that coming in. And I just wonder what you're hearing when you're in and around the team with the players and how big of a chip they're going to have on their shoulders where a lot of people are just saying Russell Wilson – uh, Justin Herbert, look at what we're going to see in this division. I think the Raiders are going to have a tough time coming in third. How do you see it? Well, we just saw um, Derek Carr in uh, the great story uh, in The Athletic that came out uh, a yeah. couple of days ago. He talked about it, and he talked about, you know, uh, feel like we're not getting much respect yeah, over here, you know. And, and for Derek to say that, being the pop psychologist that we sometimes have to try to be here uh, in journalism, I, I think to myself, okay, why would he say that right now? Probably because he feels like he's got a lot of good players around him right now, and they've got a pretty darn good team uh, in that locker room that can go out there and compete at the highest level for the highest objectives. Because I don't think he says that if he has any doubt about what he's got to work with, and and you know, especially compared to the other teams. I think Derek Carr looks around this team, and rightfully so, and says it's a pretty good team, right? And, and there's no reason why we shouldn't be competing at the highest level. So I think he's writing a check or two that he truly feels, with the talent that he has around him, uh, he's got a chance to cash. Uh, and that's different than it's been uh, in years past, and uh, it's probably one of the reasons why Derek has always been a little bit reserved when it comes to that. Yeah. Because yes. Players are honest. They, they, they understand. And I think he's being truly honest when he says, hey, nobody's respected us. That's fine because I think he understands what he's got to work with. Tell us about your great tequila partner. Uh, Embajador Tequila, uh, uh, great friends, um, do a lot of great things in, in, in the community here in Las Vegas and really uh, around the, uh, the Western uh, Hemisphere. So uh, great friends, great sponsor. We're having a, uh, a little shindig tonight uh, over at um, uh, uh, Pub 365 at the Tuscany Suites. Uh, all Raider fans are invited. We get to we'll, we'll be doing a little bit of a live broadcast out there for about an hour, uh, but also just talking to the fans, taking questions, all that type of stuff. And, and Bahador has always been great about that. Looking forward to having you on during the season. You Absolutely. bring everything to the show. Thank you, Vinny. Thank you, JT. Vinny will be here. We appreciate him. He'll be jumping in with us during the regular season and hopefully the playoffs. When we come back, Eddie Pascal at the top of the hour, the summer of Cliff. Fred Bolitnikoff Monday, Jim Plunkett on Tuesday, and the countdown to Canton, Canton, Ohio, for this induction, which is going to be massive, going to be really big. 
We'll reset here at the top of the hour. And again, get to Eddie Pascal. Your phone calls to Kyler Murray. Breaking news today. And baseball's back. Baseball's back. We'll give you a scoreboard update. Awesome.